Welcome everybody to the Spawn Me Podcast. I'm your host, Khalif Adams. This is episode 182 of our show. I am joined this week and every week with my man, my mellow, the smooth kind of fellow. He is not the Evo runner-up. He is the Evo champion. Cicero Holmes, how are you, sir? Clap your hands, everybody. And everybody, clap your hands. Is this Lambda, 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 and Omega Moves? <laughs> I love the Omega Moves. Wow. I was like, hey, girl. Right. Hi, Omega Moves. <laughs> I am also joined by my man, my mellow, the smooth kind of fellow, the man who makes STEM looks good, who makes science look good, who makes math look good, who makes everything else look good. It is Sharif Jackson of SharifJackson.com. How are you, sir? I have no songs for you. Um, no? I apologize. Have I'm not a musical individual. Music sucks. Death to music. Wow. <laughs> All music. You, you, are you living? You living in Footloose Town now? <laughs> Yo, I've, I've never seen either of those Footloose you know what I'm movies. Saying? This is this. Wait, is... you've never seen the Footloose movie? There ain't really? no black people in it. There's, I'm oh, surprised wow. you haven't seen Footloose. Nah, have you yeah. not seen Footloose? Nah, yo, I've, there ain't no black people in it. So you watch? I mean, there was no black people in the Ten Commandments. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there were black people in the Ten Commandments. Actually, who? Oh. There was some Africans. Okay, they had we're not talking like, about black the people BET playing African commandments. Okay, we're talking about the actual. No, like, what well, you talking about the actual Ten Commandments? They were all black people. <laughs> 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 Look, Egypt is the white part of Africa. Okay, yeah, we, right. oh, that's true. We, we've already right. we've already decided this. That's what history yes. says. It's the north. Is, right. Is, right, that shit is South Europe. Right, it's the you know yeah, you know, it's South Europe. Yes, I want to I want to see. I want to see what the Hotep version of the Ten Commandments would be. Oh, it's it's called Gods of Egypt, son. Oh shit, <laughs> that's that's the anti, that's the alt Hotep version. Of <laughs> the Ten Commandments. Oh god, just freaking all, a, a Lannister yeah. just just yeah. come rolling through, just blessing people. So just there like. was a version of Solomon and Sheba that okay. that starred. Jimmy Smits. And wow, yeah, Jimmy, you said Jimmy Smits. Yeah, Jimmy Smits and somebody black. Uh, somebody <laughs> black. Yeah, I, like and you know, I had emphasis on black. Like what a, what a cool credit that must right, have been. Right, in, somebody in the, black. So who are you? Somebody, somebody black. black. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a cool Willis name Reed. for a little girl. Right, was Willis somebody, Reed. Was it Willis yeah, Reed? yes, exactly. Willis Reed. <laughs> somebody okay. black, black and tall. Um, but it was like, you know, it was hardcore, like, hey, you know, we're pro POC ethnic. Like it, it it looked and felt ethnic. Um, so that was dope. But you won't get a Ten Commandments like that. As long as Russell Crowe is alive, uh there will not be <laughs> <laughs> What was the what was the blackest mini series that your parents made you watch? Roots, um, man. They don't get I no mean, blacker than roots. I mean, but roots is the easy one. Right. Yeah, uh, uh, so, so it okay, wasn't, fine. it wasn't, well, I mean, okay. we would always watch Eyes on the Prize, okay. but, but my parents didn't make me watch this. We were all really excited to watch in eighth grade, super excited to turn on channel five Fox for the rest of you and watch Shaka Zulu. I was about yeah. to mention boom, Shaka boom, Zulu. Boom, boom, yeah. My boom, dad boom, bought boom, me. Boom. I had a. I grew up with a Shaka Zulu poster over my bed. What? Wow! Okay. Wow! So I was what are you talking out. about? I'm, I'm lifting what? my fist yes. right now for you, bro. Yeah. 
Yeah, I want I want someone to remix the theme music from that joint because that it was, it was super was dope. Yeah, yeah. I used to get so hyped. He used to come on and he would be he would doing doing his moves and like boom, 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 shaka. Yo, that shit was so fire. I used to run around my house in my in my drawers stabbing shit. It was great. It's fucking awesome. All right, well, it's so good. I don't know. So if if your I don't know Reef if your family was like mine. But uh, my parents got, you know, super Afrocentric. They were really Afrocentric coming out of the 70s into the 80s. So we had like quasi African art. Like we had art that looked African. You had some zebra zebra whack in the house? No. So but we would have like we had like um, like metal masks and we had like we had we had the spear joints. Um, we had the metal spears, so I could just imagine, like, if if Kai, if you had some of those, that you could have been, you know, you could have been doing the African dance with the spear joint, and be sitting nah, there with just, the, yeah, tassels <laughs> around your, uh, tassels around your calves and shit, <laughs> Look, looking like a really, looking like a really small Shaka Zulu mixed with the Ultimate Warrior. Yes, yes, yo, oh man, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> grabbing on ropes and just like shaking a, them, like they just run out full full speed. Right, <laughs> run, out, run out full speed and get karate chopped by my grandmother. Oh, yeah. man. What are you running for? Uh, what are you running for in, in the house? house? Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you, everyone, for listening this week and last week and every week. Yeah. Uh, super excited to have had Katie Joe Wright on the show from Gaming for Everyone and Xbox crew. Uh, we got a lot of love from a lot of yeah. folks on the Xbox side uh, this past week uh, who you know, kind of listened into the show. I hope they listened into right. the show. But they did a lot of sharing of the episode, which was fantastic. It was super cool to be able to see that um, kind of go go forth and prosper. Uh, so thank you to everyone on that team for making that happen. Thank you so much to Katie Joe, um, and we definitely want to see if we can do some more work with them in the future. Um, I'm mad week, that I have, missed that show. By the way, I'm, I'm, I was sad that you missed yeah, that show. I, got, I think that there was a lot of stuff on the Xbox side specifically that you could that we might have missed because you you weren't yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, really yeah. good. Yeah, it was really like, good. And in fact, I was told by other people that it was a shame that I wasn't on that show. They admonished me for not being on the show. So I'm I'm sorry, Bricago. It's all good, man. Jeez. Yeah, oh, man. She geez. she was super like her energy was kind of infectious. Like Yeah. Mm-hmm. How many people you know, because like we love games, right? But to them like it's their job, right? Right. How, right. So how many people do you know talk about their job the way she talked about what she does? Like like right. I, I just love that you know, a lot of people that we've met in the industry that, that we've had on the show and talked about it, sorry, and talked to in private, that's how mm-hmm. it's been. Like, they're all like, you know, like we know there's bullshit and we know it's, you know, like any corporate job, there's ups and downs. But when it comes down to it, like, they love it, you know, and, and right. that's awesome. Totally. It was it was definitely one of my one of my favorite shows because I just I just love when people come on and they and they are like honest and real about the stuff that they're going through and the stuff that they're trying to do. Um, and it was a lot of fun. Um, also, we got a lot of love uh, because we talked about Tanya uh, joining the fold uh, as a guest host. Um, so thank you to everyone who passed that information around because that was super cool. It was it was sad and and happy at the right. same time, you know, kind of sunsetting uh, tokens 
uh, and also kind of letting folks know that she'll be with us bi-weekly and people were, were super excited about that and happy about it yeah her so her, her last cool. episode of fresh out of tokens was very moving like she read a lot of the comments she's gotten and you know yeah. she, she mentioned us at the end but yeah definitely i mean i think it was 96 episodes like it was yeah. great great stuff so yeah it's a good run yeah yes absolutely yes. podcasting ain't easy no it, it ain't is, it is a very no difficult thing to no continue to do uh, especially when you're doing it on your own right but, but we're happy to have her in the fold yeah That's absolutely and you know and there's one thing that we know about tanya uh since the very first time i think we were i think uh ours was like the very first audio interview that she had uh oh so long ago is that tanya continues to rise like a phoenix that cypher of tear man that the the brand is strong we're, um and we're, and we're really happy it's always been in Chicago. we're really happy that uh we get to you'll get to hear her more often right here on our airwaves true and it is kind of cool to know that we we've kind of uh had a lot of people have their first uh podcast experience on our show yeah which is yeah. super cool yeah That's super super fun yeah, absolutely yeah that spawn on me spawn on me bump is real <laughs> the spawn on me bump you mean when i fall down and hurt myself and break my ankles yep. bump, yeah. bump bump <laughs> yeah Bum bum bum. Wait, what song bum, was that? Bum, there was a bum, song. Bum. There was a song that that went like bum 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 in the chorus. I do remember, I remember that. Anything else? About is that a, is that a Cisco? Oh, that song? was I heard that Cisco was came uh, that was one of those kid groups. Like it wasn't immature. I make your booty go bump bump bump. Yeah, it was something, something like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 exactly. We just all sound real. Oh, oh my gosh, yo. Oh my. Oh you remember that goodness. song where the young kids I, bump bump bump? I feel like it. it was one of those like bad boy like post Biggie groups, like those thousand groups that Biggie was trying yeah, to Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, like one of those like a uh, day twenty nine kind of groups or whatever. Day twenty nine. Oh, wow, That's you just day said day twenty six. Is that the yo. name of them? Day twenty nine. Day, day twenty six. 26? Okay. Yeah. That's where the players dwell, right? No. I'm just joking. Wow. I'm joking. Wow. Just joking. We, oh. Joking. Day 26 was the... Oh, that was... Yes, told you. It was B2K. Oh, oh B2K. Oh, B2K. Okay. Wow. One of them little kids. That's like Omarion and them, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think so. Yes. Yeah. We are cool. You got one right. We're you cool. You got one right. Yes. Yes. No, you didn't dab after you said it. So right. <laughs> Goodness gracious. <laughs> uh, you didn't dab. You didn't dab. No dabs for you. Anyway, oh, um, <laughs> one of the things that is not old and that is actually pretty damn new uh, is something that we've been playing uh, for the past couple of days uh, has been the Destiny 2 beta. Holy crap. This thing is so good. It's so good. It's so much better than I expected it to be. Really? And I'm, I, I, I mean, for me, I, was, I didn't have a lot of high expectations going into it, but I mean, like the things that are there you can tell that there is a really good foundation for what they're trying to do, especially on the story side. That thing is that part. I'm really excited for Like the, the kind of in between spaces and all that, the fight feels good. The weapons feel good. The weapons sound good. It feels like everything has gotten this really uh, nice level of polish, even in the beta. Um, so I'm excited for it. What, what do you think? Uh, Reef? What do you, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah. So, I mean, I had, I, I, I guess I had pretty high expectations. Um, you know, I, I really enjoyed the first destiny. Um, and, you know, I mean, basically, this is their chance. They've had three years of feedback. Um, there were a lot of changes that they wanted to make that they couldn't make to the original Destiny because the engine was already built. And, you know, and there's just some things you can't change after you put all that out there. So I was right. like, you know, this is their chance to address all of that 
not have to worry about the old gen consoles so no worry about you know sort of like not not really being able to go full hog on the graphics and on the ai and that mm. kind of stuff um so i was i was pretty much expecting to be kind of blown away um which is why i was a little disappointed when we played countdown mode at e3 because i don't right. feel like that was a good showing of what the game had to offer um but i agree with you the story part of it the, the campaign part that they have you play is amazing mm-hmm. um now i'm trying to keep it keep it in my mind though this is like the whole game is not going to be like that i doubt right. it this is like right. so so for those of you that don't know the campaign part that they have you play is basically where there are enemies invading your home base in the game which is called like the tower so you're basically like repelling this invasion so it's all kind of action people are floating in they're flying in you're defending people things are on fire you know so i'm pretty sure that that there's going to be a lot more slower paced parts of the game after this mm-hmm. so i'm like this was cool but to me they still have a long way to go to show me that the story that they're going to deliver in this game is above the baseline story of destiny one which was not good um, right, you know, um, so in terms of the campaign, you know, I like it, but as I said before, it's not representative of what the full game will be. Now, the crucible, the multiplayer stuff, is where I was the most impressed because really? I was a little worried because you know, you know, they're you know, like they reduced the player count to four v four for all modes, um, which by definition means that the maps have to be smaller. Um, and for, um, for a, um, I really enjoyed playing control in the original destiny, which, you know, is where there's like three zones that you kind of have to fight for control over. And the maps were like fairly large. Like you could go as a team, but like you didn't have to, like you could kind of sneak off and like capture a point on your own or like uh, try to flank or like snipe or like that kind of stuff. So I knew that a four V four would kind of eliminate kind of some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But what it also does that I didn't expect is it makes tactics like so much easier to communicate. Like there's only so many things that you can do. Um, mm-hmm. And you kind of always know what you have to do at any time. I feel like in the original Destiny with the 6v6 and these large maps, there was always someone shooting at you or sniping at you or throwing a grenade at you. So it was kind of like... There, there there were a lot of times where like you would just get killed and not really understand why um right maybe not you because like you're like leap master uh player uh true you know uh, true. as as well as c uh but um yeah i was i was like you know i would get frustrated every once in a while because i'd be like yo like i want to at least know how i died you know <laughs> um and i feel like in in like this game it's really easy to move to move as a team um and just small tweaks that they made like being able to direct directly capture a point without neutralizing it um already having the first points cap so once the game starts you immediately run to the second point like everything mm-hmm. just felt refined smooth and i think it'll be much easier for a player to understand what they need to do to win um you know i feel like the game can communicates the language that you need to win better um than Mm. than the original game so i really appreciate that so i really really enjoy um the multiplayer i i think it's pretty fantastic nice cc did you get a chance to play the beta i got a chance to play work real life edition version (laughs) 2.0 
seven three eight, um, and it's <laughs> kicking my ass. So I have not been able to play uh, Destiny, Destiny two, uh, because because work you know work life balance is work and then life. Um, <laughs> so I've got I've got some questions about the story. So the so the the part of the campaign that we were that that you guys have been playing or that's available in the beta is the same is an extended version of the same portion that we saw from the reveal at E3 and then uh, again at the or before E3 at the Destiny reveal and then again at E3. Uh, yes. yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. So um, what I'm interested in finding out and figuring out is how well was it how well did they were they able to articulate the minutia of the story during this giant firefight where you like you know not only like you 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 get the you get the broad understanding of it um where all right there are these enemies coming in you know this is your home your home is under attack you're defending your home um from this horde, this invading horde, but like there were, there were little, there was little minutia all over the place within within that portion. Um, was did that translate well when you're in a fire team? You guys are are uh, chatting with each other, talking about how great it is, talking about exactly what's going on in the game. Um, were you still able to appreciate? the story that they were trying to tell. Um, I, I mean, the... So is it... Oh, I guess question number one, is the campaign multiplayer multiplayer campaign or is it single player Yeah, you can go the beta? with a fire team. Okay. You yeah, you can. Okay. Yeah, you can. I, I mean, I felt like it, it did... It, the, the hard part is that we've seen a lot of the stuff that they showed already. Sure. Um, the thing that I felt when I played through the strike or the kind of beginning mission was it definitely did feel like you and the rest of the guardians are in dire straits. Mm -hmm. And it did feel like, you know, I don't know what the gravitas of, you know, how things are going to play itself out are because it's a weird mix of like, you have the things that are actual parts of the story kind of missions. Right. And you always get thrown into a strike. Right. You get thrown into some other thing that is not just necessarily a narrative based point to point thing. Right. So it never feels like even if you have a single player campaign that it's an actual single player campaign. Right. Or a campaign where, you know, you know, a.k.a. Uh, Halo style where you have people come with you and do that stuff. Mm. But it feels like the world is is kind of living like it does feel like the people who are in it have purpose and that you know you see your little cameos here and there of people right. that you you expect to see um and they kind of come in and do really cool shit and then leave mm-hmm. um so it's hard to determine the one thing i did feel that was actually a little bit interesting was um and this is probably destiny 1 PTSD <laughs> where where it's like i was playing through the mission and I was like, oh, shit, that was really cool. And I'm like looking for all these small little things that are like, oh, wow, that that power that I had last time looks a little bit different. All my grenades look a little bit different and or the, the lighting in this part is super cool or, you know, things that my, my gun did this really cool thing. And then I got into this weird space headspace. I was like, 
oh shit, but I'm going to be doing this over and over and over and over again. Right. I'm going to be grinding the hell out of this right. over and over and over again. And it kind of made me not want to play more of it mm-hmm. for now. Right. It kind of made me want to just get the little taste that I had and then stop. Mm-hmm. Um, and see what some of the things are in there that you can kind of kind of poke at. Um, and I'll come back to Crucible stuff after Reef goes. But I want to I want to pinpoint something in there that felt a little bit off, too. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I, I think the beauty of the campaign was that you didn't need to know the slice that they showed. You didn't you did not need to know anything about destiny at all. Okay. You could have mm-hmm. jumped in and immediately picked up. We're under attack. I got to shoot people. Sure. Even if you don't even if you don't know who Shax is, even if you have no idea who the other people are, you can see they're badasses and, you know, like you can tell that they're people of stature. The campaign doesn't really dive that much into the story. I mean, it, it, okay. it introduces mm-hmm. the big bad, you know, mm-hmm. or what we're assuming is the big bad. Right. Um, and I think that sure for destiny folks like us, sure. We picked up on, Oh yeah, there's a Cora and, you know, and like there's Kate and, you know, mm-hmm. and like all that kind of stuff. But I think the beauty of it was, it was a slice that can be appreciated by, destiny fans and by people who never played destiny or people that played for a little bit and backed off right. it would just it was it was almost like a cinematic trailer like you watch it and you an interactive say, interactive cinematic trailer yeah 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 like mm-hmm. yeah yeah i don't mean it was like you know like like you don't do anything it was like a big right. quick time event. <laughs> um but um yeah yeah i thought that like you know it was a good vertical slice i mean i mm-hmm. As I said before, that's why I don't think it's representative of the full game, which is fine. I mean, the whole right. purpose, I mean, of it is to, well, obviously the bait is to fix bugs and everything, but the secondary purpose is to hype people up and get pre-orders and all that kind of stuff. And I, right. I think they've, I think they've done a good job with what they presented on the campaign side in picking one of the probably. My guess is this is one of the most action-packed balls to the wall areas of the campaign like i doubt well, there, right. there will be any more that are similar because destiny is not really that at least going off destiny one it's not really that kind of game like it's not really like like a game where you're constantly being assaulted by people from all sides and things are blowing up in your face like that's more like other games i would hope that it's that's not the case i would hope that there are more moments there are more holy shit moments in the campaign um, where it is, where it, where it, it like matches the frenetic pace that of that opening. I think the part of the reason that they that they've chosen that portion to show people is it's the least spoilery. Yeah. Of sure. of of you know of what you know. I mean, it's literally the beginning of the game, and it you know and it sets the table for what's to come. So you know, but. It's, but if they're going to spend the time to create a narrative, a more narrative driven campaign as opposed to what they had before, I would hope that there are going to be more of those moments that that make you feel like, oh, they didn't just pay lip service to the fact that they were building a campaign. There was something that it meant something and it was memorable. Um, it was it was worth playing through, and I would look forward to shepherding my friend who just got the game through that through that campaign because it was so much fun. Mm-hmm. You know, in this in the same way that the Halo games um, evoke that same feeling uh, until Halo Five. 
<laughs> right. So, <laughs> so, I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's it's it feels like one of those things where I'm happy that it's there. Mm-hmm. It did feel really nice to jump back into it because I'd not played Destiny for a while now at this point because right. I've been playing so many other things. It was really nice, and I'm not going to say this out loud so that Paris can hear me, but it was actually nice to play a Warlock for once. Fuck Warlock. Ah, yeah, Warlock's, Warlock Where, life, yo. Warlock represent. War, Warlock oh, life. Oh, y'all are the worst Warlock. on the planet. Y'all, here's here's the reason dubs, why I don't though. like Warlocks. Yeah. Here's the reason why I don't like Warlocks. First game, you got a freaking power to res yourself. Yes, yo. F, F y'all, for <laughs> one. Second game, you get a freaking... Spot on the ground that heals everybody in the goddamn spot, including yourself. F y'all, man. Yeah, y'all great. get too much crap. Warlocks get too much crap. Hashtag warlocks get too much crap. And we got y'all warlock privilege, crap. yo. Fall back. <laughs> Shit. It's the worst, man. It's the My hunter ass is running around with a staff looking like a beat-up Nightwing. Yeah. And y'all over there <laughs> fucking chilling in the, in the circle of life, getting health and yeah. shit. Fuck y'all. Titans. Yeah. I, well, I'm gonna make a, I'm gonna make a Titan to see what the new stuff is well, on the, the Titan. Titan is pretty cool, man. I I started a Titan today, and the Titan is pretty cool. Right. Yeah. Yes. I do. I do like some of the weapons. Oh, the thing I wanted to talk about really quick about the um, Crucible stuff yeah, I was. Wanna, I want to touch on that too. Yeah, go ahead. I don't. I it, it's I'm falling into that weird space again in Crucible, where it feels like if I don't have the weapon of the day. Mm. Whatever that may be, whatever the meta says the weapon should be that gets you kills, I can't do what I really want to do yet. Mm. So it feels like I was playing with Andrew Renee and Andrew or Renee. Shout out to Andrew Renee um, the other night, and we were both like, "Damn it, we wish we had a shotgun." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "I need a shotgun. I really wish I had a shotgun." Yeah. Well, you dropped I need you dropped uh, shells with that name that you just dropped too. So go ahead. Do what? You dropped shotgun shells. Never mind. Go ahead. Terrible. Finish your story. That was a bad was joke. Don't finish, blame that on me. Finish your story. Don't blame that on me. That was a shitty joke. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, don't blame me. I don't I'm get that back, one. You take, you take that one. You take that one on your own. On your own. Uh, but it felt like it felt like there was that space again where if you didn't have the weapon that you needed to really get things done, that you were kind of at a definite disadvantage from the people who had been playing more and get and got more stuff, which always feels a little bit weird. That's it's the nature of the game, but that that's what it is. Yeah, that's the nature I feel like of this genre of games really. But right. but that does bring up one point is that because you know, they've changed kind of how the weapon loadouts work. Right. Yes. So the shotgun, which is, you know, a very popular weapon in uh PvP, they now relegate it to what's called the power slot, which means there's not a lot of ammo for it in single player or, or multiplayer. So right. a lot of people were used to just loading up the shotgun and just going on sprees. Um, Bungie said that they really want to make this game more primary weapon focused. Right. So, you know, a lot of the complaints I've been reading about, and I agree, is that, you know, they've had to completely change their styles of play, which is what I think Bungie wants. But, right. you know, mm-hmm. people are obviously, like, resistant to changing yeah. the styles they've been playing over three years. I personally think it's a good thing. I do think that, you know, but it's good to have this beta because now they can go in and say, hey, should we tweak this up a little bit? Or I don't think Mm. they're going to change the loadout thing because I think that's set, but they might maybe change ammo frequency or or amount of clips you can carry or like things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so, yeah, it was there's definitely been some 
major major changes but i've overall really really have been been having a great time with the with the multiplayer and i can see myself diving in um but of course the one thing i think about every time i play is man how good is this gonna look on my pc man i know (laughs) i know i was thinking that too i'm like i can't I think that's the big conversation right now is like people who would definitely know that they're going to get the game or they're like, I'm going to wait or they're like, I'm going to I'm just going to jump in on and get both both copies, get two copies. Yeah. Yeah. That's know. that's what I'm trying to decide now, man. It makes no sense to get two copies. But honestly, I play the game enough that it probably justifies it. Right. Well, if right. I play anything like Destiny one, it would justify it. And, right. you know, as people say, this game is really about the community and the people. And if I can connect with those two different communities, I mean, this is like no other game I've ever played. And I don't play like the WoWs and those other games that have these large communities that you connect with. Um, mm-hmm. But because this is the only like, I guess it's not quite a massively multiplayer game, but it kind of, you know, shares. It. I've, I forgot the name Bungie uses for it, like shared world shooter, I think, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like connecting with as many communities as you can i think it really makes it better so i might end up getting both you know mm-hmm. might end up getting both yeah I, either way so i have a question for you guys uh regarding the multiplayer so it's obvious that besides um besides making the the team smaller it, you know it serves m- many purposes one, it makes makes things a lot more focused. It makes it easier for people to communicate uh, with their teammates uh, so that they can coordinate attacks. But obviously, the the you know the 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 giant elephant in the room is esports, and so mm-hmm. the, so the question for you guys is: does does the multiplayer seem like now it is it is ready to be consumed by esports and and did they do that do you think based on what you've played in the beta do you think that they've done that to the detriment of the non esports destiny fan um mm. ka i will go to reef first Ooh, <laughs> yeah. the trickster! Wow. Um, you know wow. that's one thing I was really worried. Like I was really worried when I heard about the four v four and sort of the pace of it. I was I was a little worried that this mode would be closer to Trials of Osiris, which is sort of the Destiny one like really hardcore right. competitive mode. Um, you know that a lot of people shied away from if they just wanted a casual multiplayer experience. So I was worried that man like the all the multiplayer is going to be super hardcore you know and you got to kind of be in that kind of mind state to play it um but i think they they have a good balance like i it didn't feel they even named the two modes so they named like control i think i forgot what they called it um but they called the the countdown mode competitive mode and like control i think was just called like casual or like some name like that so so they're clearly trying to delineate like this is what you play when you're just looking to have fun and this is what you play when you're looking for a more for a more hardcore experience so so i don't think they did it at expense because i think that they're trying to do both and i do think that yeah they're absolutely trying to make this into an esport um you know i think that you know that i think it could be it's just the matter of are there 
you know, enough people and teams and brands to do it. Because even a game like Overwatch, which has a huge community and a lot of people, they have pro teams and stuff. But I read several articles saying that the Overwatch esports community is having a lot of trouble getting revved up. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, if it doesn't work for not, that game, right? Like, how the hell is it going to work for Destiny? You know, like, well, it seems you like know. it's really hard to break into esports with these long established franchises. Well, you know, and that Overwatch kind of is only a year old. Well, so. well no, I, I mean, it's hard for Overwatch to break into first person esports, which is more of like a Call of Duty, which has been around right. for a right, long right, time, right. Halo, yeah. which has been around for a long time, right. you know, so. Yeah. But when you only need four people, yeah, it's that, a lot easier. It yeah, yes. it's a lot easier to to get a team together and more. I just don't, and more entertaining for people to watch. I think. I just huh. don't think that the game has the speed for it. Hmm. Like, I just don't think it. I just don't think it fits the mode of the way we think of conventional esports. Besides uh, things like Dota that are not like. Things that are not MOBAs. You, you, I don't know of many games that are in that space, you, in the shooter space, that are that slow. You haven't, you, you haven't, Counter-Strike, I mean, CSGO is huge, and you haven't obviously been watching any of the Rainbow Six competitive uh, esports stuff, which, well, here's, is, here's, which is amazing. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, though. Those two games are extremely tactical. Right. Destiny is not. Well, it, but that's, I think that was they one of the things that they... That you know, making the the squad size, the team size smaller, is trying to. That's what one of the things that they're trying to uh, foster. Yeah, I agree. Is 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 a, a more tactical, more strategic um, game style. The thing that makes that difficult, though, is like you have you have like if you didn't have supers for this game, then it would make a lot more sense in my head. So, like, CSGO is extremely tactical, plus it has a really high skill cap, right? Like, mm-hmm. people are using, micro, uh, using their mice and keyboard uh, to, to, to headshot people and knife throw people and, and all this other stuff, right? right? Then you have uh, Rainbow Six, which is extremely tactical, and you have to be on comms to make things work. And also, the kits that you have are very specialized, right? right? With, with uh, Destiny... It doesn't feel like there are parts of this particular game that I could look to even as a even as a observer and be like, oh, shit, I can't wait for that Titan to get his bubble shield. Like, I don't, I don't <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, like that's not like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't see where that's going to be the thing that's going to push forward that sport. So I don't see this game being that. I do, again the the beauty of this game the thing that makes this the most the most cool uh, uh, community game is the raid like if they if they do that thing that they always do that they see on um uh when every Call of Duty game comes out and they have like six or seven teams that try to get through all the prestiges mm-hmm. the fastest like getting through the first raid that they do every time a new raid drops so that to me is way more interesting than seeing people try to be competitive. With this game that has to deal with RNG when it comes to uh, the weapons you get and also how not tactical I think that the, the game could possibly be with the different kinds of characters. Like, who, what, what weapon do you start everybody out with? It's not like Halo where you have to get things off the map. So you have to play map control. Right. You don't do that. So there's a lot of reasons why I don't, why I don't think it's going to be an esports game. 
Um, I would like to see them try it, and I would love to see what they would do and change the game to make that possible. Well, I, so that's that's really an interesting um, point and pivot that you that you were, that you made right there, Kyle. Because I I think it's I think it's clear uh, to most of the people that have been paying attention that the, one of the reasons uh, that they've reduced the 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 team size across the board on multiplayer is so that they could make it more palatable to esports teams and esports leagues and get it ready for esports like tournaments. Um but I think everything that you that you've brought up is is valid and I and again it brings me right back to my question which is did they make this decision like I you know I take it as a given that one of the one of the major um impetuses uh, impet, impeti Impetuses, <laughs> things. Yeah. How about yes, things? yeah, things um, <laughs> that that uh, that was driving the the choice to reduce the team size was esports, and if if what you're saying is true, and I believe it, it to be true, uh, Ka, then then will it have a negative impact? Um, a you know a noticeable negative impact on the casual or the you know the less competitive multiplayer destiny player. Uh, well, uh, well, here's here's the thing. If you look at all the modes that they've had in Destiny One and maybe Destiny Two coming up, the most esports quote unquote esports mode that they have is Trials of Osiris. Mm-hmm. That's the most one. That's like the three on three. Right. You know, we go in. Right. We know what we're trying to do. There are tactics in that mode, uh, but you know if you have the right weapon, you are at a high advantage in comparison to the other team if they don't. So I don't know how you even that out. But there is a mode. There's a mode there that could be you know something that they expand expand upon um, and try to make that something different. I just don't know. Again, like is that a thing that I want to watch? Because mm. that's the thing. Is like it comes down to personalities. Right. It comes down to skill. And it comes down to is the game something that is visually uh, compelling uh, and competitively compelling in a way that other people actually want to watch it? And we'll kind of dig into some of that stuff with some of the next stories we get into. Yeah. Reef, Reef, what do you what think? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, I mean, if you like watching first-person shooter, you know, at a high skill level, I think there's no reason why Destiny could not be that kind of game so i think in terms of the you know is it compelling and stuff i think yes you owe you you have to be a person that already enjoys that i don't think destiny will bring people in that aren't already fans of that kind of thing into that world um i think the challenge that bungie has is you know is to break into those people that are already used to what you know to the to these franchises that they've been watching for for a long time it's like why would i give destiny a shot you know Um, because as I said, you know, the most sort of compelling content is sort of the raid and trials, which they, you know, the raid, I don't think you could really ever do as sort of an esport because it's cooperative. Um, and, and it's long as hell. Right. (laughs) Um, Right. I I mean, there are some people that can do it really fast. I guess you could do some kind of speed running thing if they really wanted to. Um, but you know, the, the PvP, they would have to, you know, cause points are all great. They'd have to create entirely, I mean, an entirely new version of the game specifically for competition with set weapons 
and you know and specific maps and things like that and i feel like other games do that so i don't think it would have an impact on the sort of main game because they my guess is they would have to develop like an esports like an esports mode or something that you know mm. disables supers and fixes where everyone has the same weapon and that kind of stuff you know like mm-hmm. i doubt that they could do the game like the way it is now just say all right now play this for money you know like i don't mm-hmm. i think that would be unsuccessful because as i kind of said with the supers and people got different drops so people got different weapons different role uh, well they, they just say they're getting rid of i guess the role different roles right. on each right. weapon on but weapon. Right. still it means people will have different loadouts you know there like might be a mix of classes that's like different i mean they would definitely have to have a version of the game that like says you know these are the class loadouts these are the weapons and all that stuff which i think that they can do i think it would be great um i think there's an audience out there to watch it um is that audience enough to justify all the extra development they'd have to do to make this sort of esports version and market it and try to get brands and try to get you know twitch time and tv time and stuff maybe not i mean destiny one sold a ton you know destiny two at least out the gate will likely sell a ton as well right i don't know if bungie you know really has the gumption to and the desire to really make it that way it's it's interesting that you guys are saying that because i feel having not played it um I feel very differently about how much work they need to do in order to make this an esport. Like I, I, I think you don't have to remove the supers. I think that you don't have to remove the different weapon loadouts. Um, I think that that's part of that's part of the narrative. As, you know, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it as a broadcaster, as a as a as a person who's shoutcasting, um, talking about. Oh, okay. This person went out with their warlock, and this is uh, the this is the the type of they were the storm caller or whatever you know whatever it is, and uh, you know that was the loadout that they chose, and these are the weapons that they have, and they feel really comfortable with that, and how that uh, works versus somebody else's loadout with their supers, and you know, and 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 you coordinate with your other three teammates to make a cohesive unit to face another unit and you see how you know how well you guys do against each other. I don't think that they need to do much honestly. I I well before before we move on to the next next story, I I I I feel like the and I'm kind of happy you brought up the shoutcasting part right. of it. I think the thing that makes shoutcasting and esports in all of its various um iterations really cool is when you have both competitors, the game, and you have the community surrounding it who have a really strong familiarity with the, the you know, for, for games like Gears of War or for Halo, everyone has an idea and they know what the, what the weapons will do. Mm-hmm. When you leave things up to chance by having random roll, not random rolls, but random weapons or things like that kind of thrown into the mix then you lose a bit of the 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 ability to go deeper into your commentary um because you have so many different versions or different uh, you know role or well cuz there's no there's no like there's only one weapon one version of a weapon now in Destiny 2 so there's yeah but there's so much rng though 
Well, yes, there is. But like whatever the weapon is, is that's what that weapon is. And it won't have different. You won't get different roles of that weapon. So. So when if somebody's got, you know, and 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 Bungie's been really good about naming weapons and people can say that, you know, understand the name of a weapon. If you've got the name of that weapon, then the shoutcaster easily at that point can talk about the specific traits of weapon named X, whatever, whatever the name of the weapon is. And um, and so then while you still may have a a huge variety of of weapons, you know, in the cache, Mm -hmm. you know, immediately what that weapon is. And 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 a caster will know uh, how to talk about that particular weapon right away. No, I th- you know what? That's the thing I, I really want the community to dig into and tell us, you know, what we're what if we're right or if we're wrong. You know, some what are your thoughts about if this is viable? Um, do you want this? Is this a thing that you would actually want to see? Or do you want Bungie to kind of stay in their lane and do what they really do extremely well, which is strikes, raids, story and world building and things like that? Um, yeah, shoot, shoot us some, some messages on Twitter and, and on Facebook and all those other places. And I, w- I would really love to know, especially the folks who are deeply involved or, or have a deep love for the Destiny world and universe. You know, let us know exactly what you think about that stuff. Mm. Um, pivoting to the eSport of all eSports, the pivot, the, the pinnacle of eSports. Uh, 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 God, like name brand, what you would think of when you think of eSports is Evo. Evo just ended uh, a couple weekends ago. Right. And um, wow. I know I'm a huge fighting game fan. Right. I know Reef has been getting into to watching Evo and stuff like that in the past couple years. See, I know that you definitely, you know, rock your, your gi whenever you're in the crib watching, yep. <laughs> watching yep. Evo. And I got the Chinese slippers on and everything, yo. S- I don't home. know if that's like. That's probably yeah. politically incorrect. Yeah, um, but but they don't know what those shoes are actually called. Right, I wonder what those shoes are actually called. Anyway, yeah. somebody let us know. Right, the kung so fu, the lam- kung fu joints. So you can lambast see. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'll take it. So Evo had a lot of amazing stories, um, a lot of games that were down to the wire, nail biters. I was a huge fan of seeing uh, all my injustice people uh, do their thing. Uh, Street Fighter was huge again this year. Street Fighter Five. Um, it feels like it keeps getting bigger and bigger with more more entrance into the into the fighting game tournament, and also more wonderful stories. And I know we were all talking about stuff, you know, while things were happening online and, and in our chat and, and on Twitter. But there was a really cool part of that that I want Reef to kind of dig into that he was talking about uh, when it came to the runner up in in Street Fighter Five. Yeah, so, um, you know, like I said, I watched a lot of Evo, um, a lot of Guilty Gear, Smash, all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, the Street Fighter V Finals was pretty incredible. Like, I think even if you're not into fighting games, I think it was, like, just great sport, you know, because you essentially had Punk, who's, like, an 18-year-old, you know, um, American gamer, you know, a, a, a black dude, uh, versus Takedo, who's a 32-year-old J- Japanese player. Now, as my gamers in your 30s know, your reflexes are not quite the same <laughs> when you hit your 30s and you're playing these these uh, kind of games. Like a lot of these pro gamers, you know, they tend to 
you know, retire pretty early in different uh, games like StarCraft and Street Fighter and like stuff. So you had this like kind of old versus young, like uh, you had the vet versus like the new kid on the block. And you had sort of, you know, the like America versus Japan thing that's always been like very profound in um, in uh, in uh, different games. And one thing I noticed as they were kind of battling this out was all throughout the uh, tournament, they kept focusing a lot on, uh, you know, on Punk's family because they came to support him. Um, so you so you'd often see like a lot of shots of them and like stuff. And, 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 and you know, he's I'm not sure if he's African-American, but he's definitely black. You know, so you saw this black woman all the time cheering and they they put the camera on her super emotional stuff, even when he won and like when he lost at the end as well. So you got this real family feeling, you know, um, from that. I don't think it's something that I've ever seen Evo if it's been there before. It hasn't been something that I feel like Evo as an organization really focused on. But they were really building this narrative, I feel like, of, you know, of sort of the family and parental support of this young esports player who right. was like black. I thought it was awesome because, you know, not only do we, well, do I rarely see black um, players in games. I, I know that the fighting game community is a lot more diverse than like other ones, but I still right. get excited when I see, you know, um, black uh, players in like games but you definitely rarely see the people behind them you know Mm -hmm. um and i saw you know it was like a twitter moment i saw people that don't that i never see tweet about games kind of sharing this because like it actually made it onto some like non-gaming websites which you know you almost never see for any professional game kind of tournament um and like people were kind of talking about this i mean it definitely wasn't like you know number one trending topic or anything like that but <laughs> but it was just a heartwarming thing and it's it's the kind of thing that i think that esports in general needs to work on a lot better is building the stories making you care about these players outside of their skill because everyone right. in the game is skilled you know in the same way that everybody at the olympics is skilled but when right. you watch the like olympics you, you, you like get those three minute four minute stories that goes through the background and tells them how they got there and right. says any struggles they had on the way and how happy they are to rep their country and all that stuff i feel like they were doing a little bit better about that with with both punk and taquito as well um mm-hmm. so i was really happy to like i see that done um especially with like a black family and like i hope to see more more of that done in like really all esports because I feel like that's the only way it's ever going to get that foothold that they want, which is, you know, prime time ESPN stuff, you know, kind of like taken seriously as an actual sport. Um, right. They got to build up the stories, make, make you care about these like players as, as a people, not just like skilled video game players. Right. right. Yeah. It was one of those cool things to see, you know, not just, you know, everyone talk about it on Twitter, but I feel it felt like it may, it, it's, it's an interesting thing to think about patriotism when you have stuff like this happen. Right. Because I'm not patriotic at all. <laughs> but once but once he was once it was like a black American dude, I was like, America. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> I was like, go America, go America, go America, go. So it's one of those weird things where it's like there's so many narratives that go along and across the the, the conversation when those fighting game tournaments are happening, when esports things are happening. 
I was really pulling for him, man. But he, he totally was just like caught in the moment. And you can see he had a little bit of the uh, deer in the headlights once he, once he started to get uh, beat up a little bit. Yeah, man. 18 um, years old. Yeah. I, yeah, it was it was interesting to just see like not not because he didn't fold like like people do that whole like he folded. Nah, he, he, nah, he, nah. Fold, fold. he just lost. He, right? it was just he just lost time, man. He just outplayed. He just got beat by a better player. Right. Yeah, That's and it was, it was it was it was nice. It was a nice moment where it felt like people were pulling for the young kid to do something that you know they wanted. You know they needed it. They needed it for the sport right. a little bit. You know. And it was nice to see. It was, I was happy that it happened, and it was cool to see Punk get his get his uh his love that he he deserved. And his mama was like super just chill. Right. It was so good. It was great. It was so good. It, it was, was so great good. TV, and I think that's what he's forcing to work on. Great right. TV, sh- entertain, show these players as like people. Like all that stuff is almost more important than what the game is. Right. You know, right. I right. I I kind of equate it to like people that don't like. Taking away the fact that the Super Bowl is the biggest sporting event in America, people still watch it because they hear about this player, this player, and the stories behind them, and the rivalries, and all that other other stuff. Sometimes that stuff, for some people, is more important than the game itself, and that's what draws them in. That's what esports needs, and I think this was a good example of it. Yeah, well, I think... uh... The other part of the other part that was really nice, you you know, you talk about punk and and uh, the patriotism and and the, just the the uh, the amount of buzz that the story of this eighteen year old upstart American upstart um, generated was in his defeat and you know and heartbreaking loss. Like you know, once it happened, you could see um, all of the emotion uh, come over him. But the fact that his namesake, CM Punk, um, actually uh, sent him words of encouragement via Twitter, yeah. uh, via video message uh, on Twitter, I think was was very, very inspiring. And, um, you know, look, if uh, this video game player who happens to be a uh, black American wants to come and hang out with some other video game players that are also black Americans and talk about those experiences and his experience of being an 18 year old street fighter. God, uh, you know, maybe he should come and visit Chicago. Somebody should let him know. <laughs> I'll be down for that. It would be cool. Cause I would love to know what goes on in the mind of someone who that's at that level right. in the moment. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we get to see it all the time you know through through the eyes of the casters and through you know what they're doing and and displaying on the actual screens and and through the broadcast but i don't know what that must be like to have a stadium full of people excited about what you're about to do and every move kind of swaying the 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 emotional uh tide for everyone in that room that must be a I, i really feel like we we all need to go to evo yeah, I feel like we really need to go to Evo and and see if we can get up in there and experience that. Because I remember going to PSX and having a smaller version of that with a lot of those folks who were at Evo in the room, and it it is a very different experience to watch people play fighting games with people who know what they're doing. Yeah, right. Very very different. It's a really different experience, and it, it is really really cool. So. Yeah, I'll be down for that. That'll be a lot of a lot of fun to have some folks. Yeah, so I, what's this? This is the what twentieth year of Evo since Something it's well, like it's so it started in ninety six, uh, but then they took a few years off. So this is 
uh, Evo 19. Um, I wonder what the... I wonder what the like the attendance was. Um, oh, no. on, sure. on, it was pretty, it was I mean, really it was big. huge. Yeah, Every year, sure. it just gets gets bigger and bigger. Um, and and you know, and that's a wonderful thing for not only for the fighting game community, which which uh, is starting to see a little bit of a renaissance and resurgence in in uh, regular console games, um, but also for gaming as a whole. Um, like you know, we we've constantly been looking for the thing that not only you know not necessarily legitimizes the the medium or the genre but but adds a level of legitimacy to it um and these types of tournaments where uh it, you know like this you know evo was broadcast on e- espn not e- you know not the ocho not the ocho not espn to actual espn um and that's amazing. That's amazing. And, and you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's only going to get bigger from there. So uh, um, it, it's it's really is really, really interesting. And it's exciting to see um, where we can go from here. Agreed. Yeah, I, I just man, I'm telling you, go go watch the archives of the Street Fighter five finals. Um, it was just just great, great TV. Great. Like. I think the fighting game community probably has the best announcers out of all the esports communities. So even if you don't understand what like you know some of the terms are, like mm-hmm. they still present it in such an entertaining way that it's just it's just great to watch. So so like I'd advise if you missed it, you know, um, go to Evo's site or just go to Twitch and go look at the archives on like Evo's page. It, it was incredible, and like I didn't get to see the finals for any of the other games, but I bet that like there were some good ones there as well. Right. Yeah. yeah. There, there was some real Sonic Fox lost in the, in the injustice side. He hadn't lost like the past out of the majors. He hadn't lost one in like a, a year or two or something like that. Uh, wow. Punk basically when he got to the finals, hadn't lost a set, hadn't lost a match yeah. wow. Wow. in all that time. So it's like, there's a lot of small stories in there. And, and also it was so funny that she's brought up guilty gear I I'm not a huge fan of Guilty Gear, but that game is gorgeous. Yeah, it looks great. Yeah. It's so dope. Yeah, the game is so cool. It's yeah. it's I love that there are like all these little pockets of people playing all these different games and all these different kind of uh, uh, disciplines, um, and it feels like it it is the the love fest that you kind of want all gaming events to be, um, right. and super cool that you know we get to witness it every year. So right, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Uh, what isn't a love fest um is my feelings about the nintendo switches um communication debacle debacle um, <laughs> is yeah. That a good word? yeah so it's a good word debacle yeah yeah i got your debacle right here um <laughs> the, well nintendo nintendo's got your debacle with their uh with their their final finally have released their Online solution. Oh well, they released their. They announced their online solution, but now you you can see all of the components together uh, for communicating, playing multiplayer, and communicating on the Nintendo Switch. I would personally like Bricago to have it explained to them by our own resident Nintendo fight, Mister Sharif Jackson. Fight file. Yeah. 
fight. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so like Nintendo I announced Nintendo file. Yeah. So like Nintendo announced I think it was it was definitely a couple months ago, they announced that their online solution would be via a a, a app for a smartphone. Um, they didn't get into that many details. They just said that you'll be able to play regular random matchmaking on your console, but if you wanted voice chat and all that stuff, it would be through the app. So naturally, everybody was like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, what are you talking about? Um, so um, with the release of Splatoon 2, which will be out by the time this podcast is released, um, you know, they're releasing the sort of a beta version of the app, um, which is free at this point. Um, once Nintendo rolls out their paid service in 2018, then they'll have like the $20 a year um, for the voice chat and like that kind of stuff. Um, so the app, as expected, is like super convoluted. Um, essentially for Splatoon 2, which right now is the only game that supports it, which is crazy because Mario Kart 8 doesn't support it, which is kind of nuts. Um, so you initiate it on your console. You go and you select online match and friends. That sends a notification to your phone. Then you open the phone app and you invite <laughs> people on friends there and then you go back to the console and then you do all the gaming and stuff. So oh I'm like, God. okay, that sounds crappy, but I'm like, okay, if I do that once... And then I'm good. That's great. But it gets worse. It gets worse. But wait, wait, wait okay? it gets worse. It, it gets worse. But, 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 but wait, it gets worse. Um, the app needs to be the active app on your phone for wow. voice so chat. If it goes to, work. to sleep, it's done. If your screen turns off, wow. if your phone goes to sleep, if, if someone you, calls you, if someone calls you, if you go to browse Twitter, if you, you know, um, all that stuff. Basically, this app does not have, you know, what's called background mode, right. right? Where it can still, you know, like like Skype and, you know, anything else that has audio, you know, it it would be like equivalent to where you had to keep the music app up on your phone to listen to music, you know? Wow. Um, wow. You know, all modern smartphones have the background stuff. So this app does not support that. Now, I've read a lot of Nintendo sites where they're like, hey, you know, just a beta of an app, you know, whatever. And yes, I know that Nintendo can update this in time for the full version with the pay service, but still crap. Um, so I don't know how much use I'm going to get out of it. I mean, I'm going to test it, you know, and I'm going to use it. But, you know, my phone is set to auto lock and screen turn off like, you know, very quickly because it saves like battery life. Right. I'm not going to change that just to like voice chat with people, you know. Um, so I'm, so like, you know, if it stays the way it is, like, I can't see myself getting much use out of it. Um, luckily for me, you know, the switch is not something that I really ever plan to have like this big kind of voice chatting kind of stuff. Cause I mostly use it on the go. And, you know, if, if I play online, I'm fine with the matchmaking, you know, with the random matchmaking and like that kind of stuff. But if you've bought this, like I'm expecting like, you know, a equivalent to, you know, Xbox live or, or, you know, PlayStation levels of, um, you know, online voice chat and friend parties and all that stuff. I don't know why you would think that, but I'm sure there's some people that did have that expectation. This is absolutely not in the same universe as any of that stuff. So 
Yeah, they they I don't know what lab or what executive dreamed this up, but it is a absolutely terrible solution. Maybe, you know, they'll update it and change some stuff by the time the rollout, but to be honest, I wouldn't count on it. I would count on this being 90% of what they're going to have for the final one. Um, and yeah, that's, that is that. I mean, so even if they did, even if they were to change, uh, some stuff before this, this beta goes live before they go 1.0 on, on, uh, their, I don't even know what to call this. Cause it really isn't a chatting solution. Um, what would they need to do in order for, uh, in order for it to be an acceptable way to communicate with players while you're playing online, um, and do you think they will ever get to a point where they'll have whatever it is you think your their ideal version of online chatting should be? Well, I think they're a little restricted because they didn't build it into the cons into the system. So they, you know, so so for this console, they won't be able to have it in the system. They don't have, there's no mic, there's no none of that stuff that you would need to actually have it on the system. So it has to be through some external thing for the switch. Is there Bluetooth? Uh, it does have Bluetooth for the control. I guess technically they could implement something via that. Um, you know, I doubt they will, um, but that's of a, a a potential. So I think the only. So I think we're kind of confined to the app for this system unless they release some you know new model or something like that um i think what they could do to make this halfway usable is obviously add some kind of background mode and you shouldn't have to go back and forth between the system and the phone like both the phone and the system are connected to your nintendo account so i should be able to do everything on the system basically I should be able to invite friends and like do and like do all that stuff, and then there should be something that says, you know, I want a voice chat, and that instantly pops up on the phone with everybody in there, and then I can talk. Like, essentially, I should be able to do exactly what I do at random matchmaking with friends without the voice chat, all on the system. I think the going back and forth is what is really weird. And not being able and having to have the app active and open is also really weird. Um, I think that's kind of the best that they can get um, because I think even though they do have Bluetooth, I don't think they have Bluetooth that supports like audio input and output. So, so I don't know if that'll happen. I don't expect it to happen. I mean, did they like did they bring this console back from the past? Like is it like is this from a multiverse? <laughs> some kind like it's is like from some alternate dimension. Like a Terminator if, came. With yeah, it. from like you know from like two thousand five, where they're like more technologically advanced in certain ways, but not as not as much as we would be in twenty seventeen. Like it is is there? Uh, Kai, I already know this answer, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Is there? a way that you can put lipstick on this pig um, because it just doesn't like it, it doesn't seem to be 
any rational uh like excuse for why in this day and age that this is the type of solution that they have um that this was the best that they could come up with as as reef pointed out um for for this solution i will i will invoke my inner danny green and say we are who they thought they were (laughs) (laughs) who they thought they were right it's not it's like and we let them off the hook yeah yeah, and we let them off the hook, and you and you and you keep letting them off the hook. I'm not going to get into a whole Nintendo rant because it's not worth it, right? But it, but it's it, again, it's like one of those things where it's like anybody who is a Nintendo fan who spent their hard-earned Nintendo Nintendo dollars, right. how can you justify all the stuff that you're not getting in this particular instance? In the in in a way, well, Nick Robinson, who who works for Polygon, had the best thing that I've ever seen when it comes to this kind of subject. He was like, "The Xbox 360 came out with more online features than the Nintendo Switch did <laughs> in two, at launch in 2006. Yeah. In 2006 at launch, <laughs> and it was to- he's totally absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, and like, that's yeah. the problem. And that's the problem is like, you know that you're in an interconnected online space." On a mobile device, all the time, it's a sure it's a it's a hybrid because you can bring it back home and dock it and all this other cool stuff. But for the most part, most people I know who are using it, they're using it as a mobile device. Right. To have to go through all that stuff for multiplayer chat. Right. For a thing that is supposed to, you can't have a a, a console that you advertise with being extremely. Uh, um, Portable, uh, cooperative, right? Yeah, and 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 community building and engaging with all these people. It's the it's the Benetton uh, collection of people <laughs> from all races, and, <laughs> and 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 sure, the two people who know who the fuck Benetton is. Right. Shout out to you, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's like you know the We Are the World version of gaming, and again, you still have the same thing that you can't fix, right. and that people knew they weren't going to fix. They have still been talking about how they want to make this online stuff, but you still have friend codes. Right. right. Why? Right. Why? Why do people one? Why does Nintendo keep doing this? And two, why do people keep giving them their money? Because Zelda. Right. And nostalgia. And Mario. Right? Well, and well, Mario. because number one, they have the best games. Well, obviously it's subjective, but yeah, right. to me, they have the best gaming lineup of any console right now. And what? oh yeah, absolutely. First party, absolutely. First no, party, ga- yeah. No, period. Period. Oh, well, but, the, but that's Absolutely. like oh, that's like saying I take care of my kids and though. like right. I care about games, right? <laughs> but I mean, I send them birthday cards, right? Um, From but jail. I so like I think the great thing about this, the lipstick on the pig is that it doesn't really matter for the Switch. No advertising of the Switch. Nothing that is sold the Switch like Gangbusters has anything to do with online voice chat. That's true. You're I right. think the thing about I think what a lot of gamers don't think about is that not everybody cares about that. Like the Switch wouldn't have sold as well if it was that important to that many people. Um so there's a couple of a different people. There's like people that, you know, like a me that have other consoles and a Switch, right? Right. So if I really wanted that, I'll go to my PS4 and my PC. And there's people that have the Switch and just use it as a mobile device. So they're mostly not online anyway. 
Mm-hmm. All the Switch advertising for multiplayer is usually local, and that's been Nintendo's big thing is get everybody together and do all that stuff. So while I think it's stupid and it's ridiculous, do I think it really makes a difference for Nintendo specifically? Not really. I think if Sony or Microsoft, who's been really harping on this as like a critical piece of their system, it would make a bigger difference. Um, You know, so I think that, you know, it's a terrible solution, but it's not going to affect how much I enjoy the console. And I doubt it will affect how much other people enjoy the console. And I doubt there will be people that say, I love everything else about the console, but because of the voice chat thing, I'm not going to get it. So, uh, hey, my name is Cicero Holmes, and I love lots of things about that console. And after E3, I was I was on the fence, not on the fence. I was off the fence and ready to say when when Mario came out that that I was ready to get in line to to buy a switch. This type of stuff puts me right back on the fence. Really? Because yes. So the and, voice and, chat is that important to you? No, it's console? not. It's not that the voice chat is important to me. It's the 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 hubris or the the this this outside of the box or just just esoteric eccentric thinking that is in this major corporation to believe that they didn't have to put the level of thought or effort or, or any level of thought or effort into making a sensible solution uh, for this type of stuff leaves me feeling like as a consumer, I shouldn't reward, as Ka said, I shouldn't reward that type of ineptitude. Um, because, I mean, because really, honestly, it's, it's just inept. It's inept. It takes effort to to fuck up the solution this poorly i mean it 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 really does like all you have to do all you have to do is look around you everybody literally everyone in the industrialized world is walking around with a communication device that has better capabilities to communicate with 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 one another than the Nintendo Switch does. And they've created a mobile device. And all they had to do was put Bluetooth in it. Put Bluetooth in it, tell everybody they gotta get a Bluetooth headset, it pairs with it, and that's how you, you know, that's how you do your voice chat. Done, yeah. done. Easy you know? peasy. Right. Or, or just not, or just say no. Yeah. Well, well, like, well you know what I mean? Like just say no, I agree, like, you actually. don't have any options. To I agree do with either no. one of those. I think they would have been better than what they did. Right, right, yeah. exactly. Like doing nothing, right? Yeah, doing nothing would have been better than what they've what they've done. But so part of my problem with this is that Reef, you're right. Right now, there are people that are buying. You know, people are. You know, you can't keep the switch on on the shelves um, because it's it's priced attractive enough for enough people, and the software lineup is attractive enough for for uh, fans of. Nintendo for people to continue to go out and buy the switch. That's fine. And those people that are going out and buying switches, the vast predominance of them have more than one gaming console in their home. The switch is not their primary gaming console, 
but my argument when the when the console was announced and you know when they finally had that reveal was that it is priced like a primary console and they've marketed it, it as such as a primary console eventually they will you know run out of the people that are just Nintendo fans and they will be trying to sell this to people who don't have consoles in their home and that this will be their primary console. And these types of decisions are going to be the things because it's comparatively priced with the PlayStation four and the Xbox one S um, that will prevent people from saying, well, you know what? I like, yes, I can do the mobile stuff and that's cool, but I can't watch Netflix. I can't, you know, I, you know, it's not a smart device. It's not a Roku. It's not doing any of those, of the, of those other things. And I've got a game like Rocket League. I got a game like Rocket League. And, and to be fair, Rocket League is good at you're able to communicate non-verbally in, in, in very easy ways. Um, but some of the fun is being able to communicate with someone verbally while you're playing Rocket League across, uh, you know, across platforms. And the fact that you're not going to be able to do that because, like, who's doing that? Who's doing that on a Switch? It just doesn't make any sense. It makes zero sense. And I just, I personally can't reward that type of ineptitude. I can't. That's, re- that's reasonable. Yeah. I, I, sure. I mean, I'm in. I hear how much everyone who has their Switch loves their Switch. Absolutely, which is dope. Right. I appre- I appreciate the fact that 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 device gives everyone so much joy because again, like I want. I was talking about the other day how much I want to play Zelda mm-hmm. and and all that stuff. But I feel like I can't. I can't reward them for for like botching simple shit. Right. Like I, it. Fe- it feels like I'm wasting my money. For doing that, mm-hmm. I would much rather wait. Wow, like that's such a are, weird argument to me. I, I can see if the it, voice chat was that important to you and you valued it that much. But you're saying yeah. you don't value it that much. You just value that they didn't do it because it's simple. Well, it's the it's the it's the it's the premise behind. Like, do I reward you for being forward thinking, or do I reward you for being backward thinking? Mm-hmm. And your games are cool, but your games are not going to be the things that sustain me, right? There aren't enough games on that on that platform for me to feel like I'm going to spend 400 bucks or 300 bucks or whatever it is, however much it costs right yeah, now. Yeah, 300. Plus the peripherals, right. plus all right. the other stuff, right. plus all the things. $700, right. And I have to go through the process of doing all the friend code stuff. I got to go through all the stuff. To play one or two games... Until you until you get the rest of the, the rest of the stuff out, like Zelda will will be something cool that I'll play for a very long time. But I don't think after that, what else do you have for me? Guys, Super Mario, a lot more games yes. than Zelda. You guys, right? Need to Super look Mario, the, Arms, no is, games that are out Arms right now. Right, Splatoon two. But that I, we're about to. Talk I'm telling about. you guys, like I'm not. I'm serious. Their lineup right now that I own right now, I will put up against. The games I have for PS4. Wow, and shot for shot. shot for I'm serious. Shot. Like they're they're I just better know. games. But I kn- it, I know that that's subjective and that's not you know that's sure. not a fact. Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah. I, it's, I, it's, I, so, sorry, Kyle, I don't mean that. Go ahead. No, I was just saying like a lot of the stuff that I see besides Zelda feels like one trick ponies. And the, and that's and and I haven't played it, so I can't say I can't mm-hmm. say for sure. 
but it feels like from the outside looking in that a lot of the, a lot of the stuff just like the Wii U and, and and like the Wii and all that stuff feel like a lot of one trick ponies that won't hold my interest for as long as the stuff that I've that I have been playing and the stuff that I see coming down the line on other consoles and then have to deal with the other stuff on top of it if I want to go and play with folk, right. go play folk, right. play with folks that's stupid right. And for me, that feels dumb. Yeah, that feels like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give you my money because of that. Yeah, I I, I guess I just don't make decisions like that. I I I, under, I I understand the logic where you guys are like coming from. For me, it's like if I don't if something is dumb but I don't value it, like I don't really it doesn't enter my decision making. I guess mm-hmm. when when it comes to a purchase, right? And I I can I can appreciate that. The thing I think about is. Um, you know, and I'm going to put my conspiracy brother hat on for a second is, is, you know, if they do this, what happens? What are they going to do next? What, you know, like, what is the thing that like, you know, like you started out, I asked you the question of like, how can they fix how you're going to be able to communicate with people on this console? And Reef, your answer was they're not going to be able to do it on this console. Yeah, there's, I don't think there's so. right, there's no capability. So you're already talking about just for me to be able to play a game with you, right, online, uh, and and talk to you. In order for me to do that in a way that doesn't involve seventeen other devices, and I've got to play the Rube Goldberg song machine song <laughs> in my head to get it all set up right to get all that stuff set up i've got to wait for the next console the you know the switch U. so <laughs> confirmed you know, as a switch right, elite confirm, right confirm. right so uh like switch box elite right right the switch box <laughs> slim um, <laughs> um but you know i mean the fact that you're saying that Today, the console is not even is barely six months. It's not even six months old. It's like four months old. You're saying that in order for them to do a simple thing, they've got to wait for another console. It's just it's just ridiculous. Wait, my my question. How many how many games have you played? How many multiplayer games have you played with other people where you felt like you even needed to chat with people? None. I mean, like Nintendo's games are designed, you know, because they haven't had a functioning voice chat on, I mean, a well-functioning voice chat on any of their systems, their games are pretty much designed that you don't need it. You know, like Splatoon was a, was a success as a shooter because everything, you know, the game language communicates what needs to be done, which is what I was, what is what I like about Destiny 2. I feel like the game is designed better PVPs that communicates what you need to do. Um, Mario Kart is the same way. Um, Monster Hunter was the same way with the multiplayer that, I did with that as well. Fast Race Neo, Bomberman, you know, they're, you know, like the, like typically the kind of games that require really heavy coordination, I think where voice chat is not only beneficial, but I would say essential are not typically the kind of games that come to Nintendo platforms. And I don't think they ever will. Cause those typically are the games that require higher resource levels. And Nintendo is, you know, in the last couple of generations is not, had the you know the uh, power of the other console, so you know I, I I can't see a game that really needs it, um, you know, like a Rainbow Six or a, or or a uh, you know a Destiny raid or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. 
Right. So like the, so that that's why I think that you know it's dumb, it's ridiculous. I think it's indefensible. I've seen some Nintendo fans trying to defend this shit. I'm like, what are y'all <laughs> doing? Like, you can love the console and right. call and call them out on their shit. Like, everybody right. should do that with every company. Like, you can right. support a company and say this part is bullshit. Right. Except you for know? Chick-fil-A. You can't support Chick-fil-A or Hobby Lobby. I know a lot of people that eat that hate chicken, man. Man, I, I yo, the chicken support it, but they right. do. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah, it's true. delicious. It's delicious. Don't <laughs> get me wrong, but don't use your money on that shit. That's right. Go, go rob the place. Right, you know right. Get that chicken give, me your, give me your delicious hate chicken. <laughs> give me your hate chicken. Bring your Christ. hate chicken. <laughs> the, thoughts and, the thoughts and comments made by Sharif Jackson are not Yeah, those, Yeah, yeah, uh, but, 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 but no, Kai's, Kai's point is like inter- interesting, though, because that's why I don't think it's as damaging to Nintendo because their games don't require it. Their general advertising is local multiplayer, not online. I feel like Mm -hmm. they do this stuff because they're like, man, people keep on complaining. We don't have this. Let's just throw out some shit. But how long, how long did it, how long would it have taken? How long do you think it took for them to figure out, like they had to build an app and a framework for for like phones and then figure out how that was going to work and they had to get an API and do, like that was more effort than, hey, there's Bluetooth technology. <laughs> how does Bluetooth technology work? Can we make it work where we can communicate That's via Bluetooth technology? What in, went on in, in those console? boardrooms? That is the million dollar question. That's and I think that's I think that's my that's that's where I land on most of this stuff is like yes, I feel like you have a you have a great point, Reef, where you're like the the games right now are super strong, and all that stuff is is there. Uh, I, I the, the the technology deficit feels like a part of their strategy, and also their history, where. Every time a new console comes out, they start out the gate really, really strong. Right. They do a lot of stuff. And then year two, mm-hmm. it's the it's the trickle. Mm-hmm. And it's like nothing comes out. And then stuff takes really long to come out. Or it gets delayed. Or it gets pushed. And it feels like if you can't get the simple stuff right, how am I going to believe that you're going to get the stuff later on, on down the road right? You heard that, Pooh? You heard that, Pooh? Well, mm. to be fair, like the Switch is their fastest selling console of all time. So it's sure. not... I mean, but, they, they, did, they but, had that with the Wii. But this no, entire this generation way faster than the Wii. Did. Right, but this is yeah. this entire and, generation. And this entire this entire this entire generation is trending that way. So you're saying that you predicted that the Switch would come out and be the fastest selling console and do this well on the MPDs? I think it shocked a lot of people. Well did it so. really? I totally thought this was good. Right. I don't. Again, I don't put anything past. Before we wrap it up, yeah. I don't put anything past the the branding, the market share, the the mind share of the Nintendo fan. Right. If you were to put Mario on the front of 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 Mount Rushmore, it would be the biggest visited landmark in America. Mario, Mario. like people would just go to go see it mm-hmm. and 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 make weird noises at it right. and throw coins and shit, right. and it would fucking work. <laughs> You, you can do anything. I feel like you can do anything with Nintendo fans, and they'll just take it and eat it and be okay with it. No, you guys are underselling. See, I think you guys are focusing on. Well, how to how, how to put this? You guys are taking this voice chat thing, which I agree is terrible. Let's not generalize and say that the Switch 
itself is a technological deficit. It is absolutely not. It's the, you know, it's the first hybrid console. It's the most powerful yeah. portable console ever made. made. Right. Um, it's the only console that does both. Right. It's the only one that you can take anywhere and play. It's the only one that you know has a lot of stuff. So sucks in some ways. But I just don't but the ways you, and the ways but has which, exclusivity in other ways, right? Just but, like every yeah, sure. But the ways in which it suck are are like you said, indefensible and inexcusable. I agree, but if but they don't, but I don't val. I guess I don't value those ways. I guess is what I'm saying. Okay, but so and so and okay. this is so and this is the argument that we've we've constantly had about the switch on this show and the argument that I that I've been having on Twitter with uh David Hunt, aka the Grand Pooh Bear, I just put all Pooh of Bear. it out there. Um is is that in order for the switch to ultimately be successful. Now I think that, you know, obviously it's gonna be very, very successful. It is definitely trending. It's trending better than than you know, Nintendo's best consoles ever have, just like the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One are doing the same things for their respective organizations and, and legacies. Um, but in order for it to ultimately be successful, they need to be able to, to uh, glom on to people like myself and Khalif who grew up playing Atari and Nintendo games and loving those games and those mascots that are still around and getting us back into the fold and getting us to say, oh, man, I have to play these games. I have to own this console. And these types of decisions are the things that are keeping that are actively keeping us away. And it's not because they tried something different and we're like, ah, okay, it's the things that they've done just don't make any sense. Like it would be easier for them to just do what everybody else is doing than to continue to do the, the to beat, uh, to dance to the beat of their own drum. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a conversation that I want, again, to even open that up again to the community and say, so more than know, ju- tell us where we're wrong. More than just Pooh Bear? More than just Pooh <laughs> yeah, Bear. to the general community. Let us know what you think. <laughs> to the general community, not just you, Dave. Um, yeah, let us know if we're wrong, if we're right. Uh, I, I feel like this is going to always be one of those highly contested mm-hmm. uh, conversations because it, it is it is a cool device. Like, I, I am jealous when I see Reef at 3.30 in the morning uh, on Twitch playing <laughs> playing and going it, through runes. It has happened. And going through runes, and I go into the chat, and I'm like, go to fuck to sleep. And he's like, no, I got to finish this damn, this damn <laughs> cave. But it's cool that, you know, like that kind of love for this game exists and for the stuff that they're putting on their platform exists. Um, it is just very difficult for me to get behind the, the, the other parts of what Nintendo constantly does. Um, so... With that, uh, we want we don't want to leave it on a, a super sour note. Nice. Um, definitely, definitely, definitely. Shut up. Definitely go get yourself a Switch if you feel like that is the console for you and for your Nintendo fam. Uh, get a Switch, and please let us get. Um, huh? Get a Switch. Get a Switch. Also, the June yeah. MBD just came out. Nintendo has three of the top five selling games, which is insane. Well, there are no That's... other games out right now. What? Do you what? Mean? what are you talking about? Anyway. 
don't you you answer that on Twitter. Right. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> answer that question on Twitter. All right. We're gonna get up out of here. Uh see share the social media business for everybody. Social media businesses as follows. First off, uh our sister Tanya DePass, she is at Cypher of Tear on Twitter. Um, and uh, check her out right there, C-Y-P-H-E-R-O-F-T-Y-R. And, of course, I Need Diverse Games, and that's, I think, I Need Div GMS uh, on Twitter. Uh, and then you can check us out at Spawn on Me. If you want to follow us individually, you can check us in the bios. We're right there. Uh, when you want to check out this show, make sure you go to iTunes or uh, Overcast or NPR One or Google Play Music or whatever your favorite podcatcher is. If it's a place where you can subscribe, make sure you do that. I think that's everywhere. But if you can rate and review, uh, make sure you do that wherever it is uh, because that really, really helps out. And, of course, share the show with all of your friends, enemies, and uh, acquaintances. Um, because uh, that's also important. Um, also important is checking out this episode and all of our archives. You can do that in many places, one of which is going to spawnon.me, our own homepage, or to esn.fm slash spawnonme. And, of course, if you want to send us a message, you you know, all of these great conversations that we had today, uh, and it's more than 140 characters, you can send it to us via email, Podcast at gmail.com nicely done nicely done uh i know that we have uh some uh appearances that are be coming up i know reef you have a couple that you're going to be doing at dragon con i think yeah i have a couple panels on the science track at dragon con in atlanta um don't have times yet for the panels um but they will all be stem diversity related panels um dragon con is during labor day weekend so september 1st to the 4th in Atlanta, so if you are in the Dirty South um, and you want to come see Reef Be Reefing, um, come through. And once I get m- more information on specific times and rooms and all that stuff, I will share it on the show and via social media. Cool, cool, cool. Work. We are going to get up out of here. Uh, again, thank you everyone for always being dope and coming out and checking out uh, the Spawn Me podcast. We love you all. We will say peace. Peace. Hey.